He responded to him. We were making the example of how you can make a recommendation to a restaurant that you love and you've tasted, man, and you cannot believe your taste buds, like your head has exploded and you're like, man, I cannot believe how, how good this place is. I can't wait to tell my wife about it. I can't wait to tell my homies about it. I can't wait to tell anybody about it because I've experienced something so sweet, so delicious, so good, it's almost life-changing. And so I made that example to you a few weeks ago and that is what is, has David has done. That's what happened to his life. It was transformative. That is why I made also the example on how new believers, people that have come to Christ for the very first time, cannot believe. It's like they have solved all the questions they've ever had. They, 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 they were miraculously healed. They have another mindset. They have another language. And that's why you see a lot of these people that sometimes as, as, as Christians, we forget. And sometimes it's even, it's sad to say that we even make fun of these people sometimes. To me, I don't care if you make fun of me. I'm passionate about it because I've tasted and seen because I've been there. I've been in that hell hole that the Lord put, took me out of. I've been sick and He healed me. I was heartbroken and He mended me. He healed me. That is why He is so easily can, by experience, make this invitation and tell you, if you would just come taste, you will see. But you cannot recommend or talk about anything that you don't know about. So before you make fun of somebody else, you don't know the story. You don't know what they've been through. One of the things that I used to hate about people that would come and they would say, oh, Anxiety or depression, it's all in the mind, everything. Just, just don't think about it. You have no idea what it cost, what I felt, what I've been through. I used to hate people that would give me that advice. Think positive thoughts. <laughs> it's all in the mind. Just control it. But then I remembered that the enemy does attack us through the mind and he takes our peace away from us. If the enemy can take your peace, everything is fair game after that. But I didn't want to hear any of that. But David tells us through his own experience. So in part one, we talked about experience. Which, which we made the connection of it being personal. Say with me, personal. That experience is a personal thing. And then we talked about the expression, how he expressed himself through that experience. So in other words, that expression is his response. I want to tell you something. 
Very, very clear. I'm going to end this in a way that I think is going to impact your life. But I want, you, I want to remind you that I say this with love. Nowadays, pastors are scared to offend somebody. But let me remind you, the word, the truth of God is supposed to offend somebody. And who am I talking about? The people that get offended are the people that are in sin. See, I already got your attention, don't I? So, this is what I'm talking about. So, he talked about experience. He talked about that personal experience. He talks about that expression. He's talking about his response. And so, in that, we understood that God is good. Amen? We understood that God is good. But in that expression... I want to tell you something. We have whether whether good or bad, we always have to respond. There's always a response. <clears throat> when you when you see a fire, you could say, oh, somebody else is going to handle that, right? Or you can run in yourself and try to be a hero, which I don't recommend, right? Let the professionals do that. When something is happening, just like we, we, that happens in our lives, there's a response. You either do something about it or you don't. But both are a response. Right? By you not doing anything about it, that's the way you responded. Am I making sense today? You responded. You chose to ignore it. You chose not to respond. That's a response. Am I making sense now? Am I taking you back to high school when you were like taking tests and filling out the, the blanks, right? You made a response. You made a choice. Say with me. I made a choice. I made a choice. I made a choice not to respond. I made a cho cho uh, choice not to respond. And so he, in his experience, in what he was doing, in his expression, he made a response. Say with me. Response. And the Lord is waiting on a response. You with me this morning? I'm almost done. We talked about that in part two. And in part two, we went verse by verse. How many of you guys were here last week? Was that a blessing to you or no? Well, we read verse one, two, three, four, five. And we understood exactly what David was talking about. We were talking about, in verse 1, how extol, he says, I will extol the Lord at all times. That's how he responded. See with me, response. 
And then in verse 2, he says, I, My soul will boast in the Lord. That's a respond, a response. Say with me, boast. And then three, his response to everything that he experienced there, he not only said, man, this is good for me. I want others to experience what I'm experiencing. And so he's making this invitation. And so in verse three, he's asking people to join him and to come together. Say with me, together. And then finally, we talked about last week about reflection. Say with me, reflection. And we talked about how in verse 5, he says that those that sought the Lord, he said he sought the Lord, he answered me, he delivered me. And he says in verse 5, those who look to him are radiant, their faces are never covered with shame. And in verse 5, we see that there is a transformation for those who look to him. Are you with me this morning? So his response, he needed an answer. He looked to him. The Lord responded and he transformed him. And so now he is reflecting himself upon him. There is a transformation. But that was his response. Say with me, response. Now you could say, I, my response is no. I don't need God. I have other choices. I got my man. I got my job. I got my family. I got my friends. I got other things that I'm going to fill my mind with, my heart with. That's how I'm going to respond. That's who I'm going to take refuge in. Those are who I'm going to depend on. But let me tell you something. From a 42-year-old man that's been here, people will always Drugs are not the answer. Because you wake up the next thing and you feel empty again and you have to fill that thing up again. Family is going to betray you. Am I touching the nerve this morning? Because people are people. We're people. We're jacked up. Yes? jacked up. We've done some jacked up things. Who here has done some jacked up things? I've done some jacked up things. Aquí en Las Confiadas Hey man, I want to confide in you in this. I want to tell you something. Please don't. It's between us. That dude goes, runs off and tells everybody else. <laughs> it's hard to trust somebody. Amen. But let me tell you something this morning. You can confide and you can trust in the Lord. Can I tell you why? I'm going to let you in on a little secret. It's not so much a secret anymore, but I'm going to tell you. Do you know why you can confide and trust in the Lord? Nothing surprises the Lord. Why? Because He already knows everything. 
Nothing. Say with me, nothing. Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And that is why in verse 2, he boasts and he invites and he says, come together, I want you to be part of this. And he says in verse 4, those who look upon him are radiant. Something different about those people that come and look onto him. There's a transformation, there's a radiance, there's a light that comes, that, 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 that shows. We were just at a, at a baby shower the other day. You guys been to baby showers? You've been in a baby shower? <laughs> been part of it? See, I'm visto como like a pregnant woman is just like gleaming, right? They're just like happy, right? There's some that are kind of miserable. I'm like, Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> don't get me around her. But this girl in particular was radiant. She was just so radiant because there was something inside of her. It's such a blessing that she's expecting. It doesn't come from the outside. I don't, come, I don't care how much makeup you use. Because I know a lot of people that use makeup. I know a lot of girls that spend hundreds of dollars on makeup. Pero nada te quita lo miserable de la cara. No te estoy llamando fea. Porque yo, yo para mí... Cada mujer es bonita. Amén. Dios te creó. Porque Dios te creó. No porque tú te maquillaste en cierto way y spent $100. You're beautiful because God created you. But you need to believe that. Pero lo miserable, alguien te lo puede ver a mile away. And there's nothing more that I'm allergic to or repugnant from is a Christian that's miserable. Gente que tienen en Cristo. Yes, we go through circumstance. Yes, we go through troubles. But a person that looks onto him is radiant. Is radiant. Now we got to take care of ourselves. Amen? Amen? Take care of ourselves. We got to get our eight hours of sleep. Luis, we got to take care of ourselves. <laughs> If not, we're going to feel jacked up. We're going to feel messed up. Anyways, I don't want to talk about health because you see some of my uh, stories and I'll be throwing down on some tacos, but, but, uh, but we're not here to talk about that. I've tasted and seen that the Lord is good and tacos are good. Amen. I want to close with this. I want to close with this. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. I want to say this to you. God wants us to know Him. God wants us to know Him. See, how can an all-dependent God be dependent on somebody else? It's impossible, right? It doesn't make sense. If He is all-dependent, He doesn't depend on us. Right? He doesn't depend on us. But He wants us to come to Him. Amen? He wants to have a relationship with us. And so that's why I'm saying God wants us to know Him. And I want to read finally. Let's go to Ephesians. 
chapter 3. I want to read two scriptures and we're done. Yes? Yes. How many of you guys are ready to go eat? Yeah? Let's go eat, man. Let's get out of here. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17. When you get it, say, I got it. Let's start in verse 14. Can we do that? 17 is what I wanted to read you, but let's start. Let's give it a little bit of context. And here, Paul is actually, this is a, this is it in, in, in my version. It's, it's introduced as a prayer for the Ephesians. He's actually praying for the Ephesians, right? The church. And he says in verse 14, he says, For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom his whole, from whom his whole family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray, say with me, I pray that out of his glorious riches he may be strengthened, he may strengthen you with power. Through his spirit in your inner being. Through whose spirit? His spirit. In what? In us. Are you with me? Verse 17 says this. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the saints. Who are all the saints? Who are the saints? We are. He calls us the saints. We, he calls us the church, the saints. To grasp, say with me, grasp or take hold how wide and long and high and deep is his love of Christ. And to know, say with me, know this love that surpasses, surpasses knowledge that you may be filled with the measure of all the fullness of God. Now him who is able to immeasurably do more than all we ask or imagine according to the power that is at work within us. To Him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. He's basically telling us in His prayer for us as the church that we can take not just for the, for the church of Ephesians, but for our sake. He, he's telling us, I want you to know Him. And the only way to know Him is that you are fully rooted in Him. Are you with me this morning? 
Again, so I'm telling you, I'm reminding you once again that God wants to be known. But He gives us instructions just as the Apostle Paul is giving the Ephesians instructions that you may be rooted in Him. That is why it is so important, guys, that we find a community that we can plant ourselves in. Are you with me this morning? Now, I'm going to say some things that you may not like, but it is so important. I'm going to say it to you today. Can I be real today? That is why it is so difficult for this generation at least to find themselves rooted. That's why they're always going from one relationship to another, from one job to another. You cannot hold a job down. You cannot hold a relationship down. You're going from church to church looking for something that fits you. That's not what God wants. We must be rooted so we can show fruit. Now, am I saying that that's wrong? No. Go and look and find a place that the Lord is calling you to. Not that it's fit for you. And I want to be real today. Can I keep it real today? That is why a lot of churches are failing. And that is not what we want to do in this place. Is that we're here to make you feel the center of attraction. You are not the center of attraction. So many of you guys are like, <laughs> if you want to be the center of attraction, go somewhere else. The only place that sits at the throne of this place in our hearts is Jesus. That's it. And you, us, get to be part of that presence. But I want, we want to welcome you and make you feel comfortable. Because no matter how good the food is, no matter how good the service is, well, let me say it another way. If the service is bad, are you going to return to that place? Probably not. That waitress sucks. She had a bad attitude. I don't want to go back there. I want to share this. This is so funny. But one time we went to a concert. I don't know if my wife remembers. We went to go see this artist. Now I hate going to Christian uh, concerts, but that's just me. You can go. <laughs> I swear to you, we went to a concert of church, brothers and sisters in Christ. We took the whole youth, because I don't know if you knew or not, but my wife and I were youth pastors for almost 15 years, but we went to this, con well, this, this place, this church. We went inside the church. Not one person approached us and said hi to us. Not one. As much as they looked at us and they were like, <laughs> but we still stayed and we had fun. The youth had fun. And they were blessed. And we were there for one reason. Is to have community, 
have fun in the Lord. We did that. That was such a blessing. So many good things. But what I'm trying to say is, we want you to feel welcome. Yeah, by us and a warm smile. But the word of God is very specific. He says, lift up my name. And he says, I will call men unto myself. So we let the presence do the job. Te quiero recordar otra vez en esta mañana. A lot of people can sense and will see that presence in you. So that's why it matters so much who greets us at the door. And I want to remind the team of that as well. You are ambassadors and representations, representers of Christ. Oh, no, I don't think that. That's for another sermon. I'll talk about that after the We got a lot of things to say about that, but it's not about that. But it is such a blessing to be able to share this word with you today. And I want to finish with this. Let's go to 1 Corinthians. I promise it's my last scripture. But uh, then again, preachers always say that, right? <laughs> Who said amen to that? You're supposed to say amen to that. Okay. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 16. This is the most scripture you've all read all week, so it's good for you. Don't worry. Okay? 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 16. Another letter to another church. Right? And he says this. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 through 16. When you get it, say, I got it. He says this in chapter 2. He says, when I came to you, brothers, I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom as I proclaimed to you the testimony about God. Nowadays, we got a lot of preachers that come with a lot of eloquence and a lot of fancy things to say. But the Apostle Paul did not do it this way. He says, I proclaim to you the testimony about God. For I resolved to know nothing while I was with you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Pay very close attention to what the Apostle is saying. I did not come with eloquence or superior wisdom. I only proclaim to you the testimony about God. What is a testimony? What God has done in His own life. Experience. Say with me, experience. He said, for I resolved to know nothing. Say with me, nothing. While I was with you except... The only thing he knew was Jesus Christ and him crucified. He said in verse 3, he said, I came to you in weakness and fear and with much trembling. Verse 4, my message and my preaching 
were not with wise and persuasive words. Pay very close attention. But with a demonstration of the Spirit's power. Was it Paul's power? No, it was the Spirit's power. So that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power. Oh my Lord. No wonder we get church hurt. Excuse the language, no matter what. No, no, no wonder we get booty hurt when it comes to church. Because our eyes are on a human being. And when that human being fails us, we get hurt. Set your eyes and faith on Jesus. He will never fail you. Because when your eyes are set on the Lord, no matter what, whatever happens around you, my eyes are set on Him. Oh, that leader messed up? Hey man, the same grace that God shows on me, I'm going to show up on that person. We're not all judging everybody, judging people. No, because the same grace He showed on me, same forgiveness He gave me, I'm going to give to others. I'm not saying that's the place you're supposed to be because there's some toxic places you got to run away from or some toxic relationships you got to run away from. But he says this. It was not, it, it was not with persuasive words, but the demonstration of the spirit of power so that your faith may not rest on men's wisdom, but God's power. Right? Now here we go in verse six. We do, however... Speak a message of wisdom. What is wisdom? It's the knowledge of God, right? Again, God wants us to know Him. Among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom, a wisdom that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. Trump didn't understand it. Biden doesn't understand it. Whoever you're voting for is not going to understand it. None of these people in government are going to understand it. And, and let me be clear about this. We are not a church that involves or hides away from politics. Okay? I'm not going to go there, but let me just say this. No, we speak of God's secret wisdom and wisdom of has been hidden and that God destined for the glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However... It is written, listen to this, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed it to us by his spirit. See, knowledge is good. Books are good. I made an example last week. We were reading this books for everything. 
but nothing trumps, nothing is greater, nothing is better than the wisdom that only God can give. That only God can give. God wants to be known. God wants to be known. And I want you to stand up with me this morning. I want to say this to end this. I'm going to finish right at 12. That's good. I want to say this to you. And if you're still taking notes, you can take notes of this. The natural unsaved person can say God is good, but they cannot say, taste and see that he is good. The natural unsaved person are you with me this morning? That there is a relationship, there is a difference. The natural unsafe person can say, God is good. But they cannot say, taste and see that he is good. ¿Por qué? Porque la persona en lo natural would say, God is good when everything is going good. But it is only those who know God through the trials and tribulations can say, because they've tasted and seen, taste and see that God is good. And that brings peace to me. No matter what may come, no matter what we're going through. And so the fifth and final lesson that we get through this scripture in chapter 34 is satisfaction. Say with me, satisfaction. satisfaction. And we see it in verse 8, where he says, Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. What is that describing to you? That is describing satisfaction. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. There is a satisfaction. Have you ever gotten home from a long day of work? Kick your shoes off, sat on that couch or laid on that couch or laid on that bed. How satisfying is that? Right? How satisfying is that? That's just in the natural. But in the spirit, is something that only the Lord can do. In the natural, we can satisfy ourselves with a big double whopper, whatever, whatever it is your favorite food is. I know you guys are hungry. Con un platote de menudo, unos taquitos no sé qué de barbacoa, unos tacos de birria. I'm ready to go to the last hour for this. That is all in the natural. Pero solamente el Señor es el que satisface en lo espiritual. When the guy calls you and says, let's kick it, let's watch a movie. Oh yeah, I'm going to be satisfied because I, get, I don't have to be lonely. Hello? Amen. 
only the Lord is who satisfies the inside of us. The inside of us. And I want to say to a lot of us, a lot of us, a lot of y'all single people, because I'm not single. Um, my wife is right there. <laughs> only the Lord can satisfy you. If you can do that first, God's going to add unto you the blessings that He has for you. Because He said, He promised in His Word, He says, Follow me first, and I will add unto you the desires of your heart. God already knows the desires of our hearts. But as a good Father that He is, He's going to give it to us when we're mature enough to be responsible for those things. But because we're not mature enough, as the word says that we're not mature enough, that's why we're going from relationship to relationship to relationship because we're not waiting on the Father to be the one to guide us. Are you with me this morning? Well, Psalm 34 not such a blessing? That's just Psalm 34. Before I close and pray over today, as many of you guys know, we changed the hour of um, uh, our gatherings. Um, 